Welcome to Rama for Today Radio. But then you make it too easy for people to get saved. You make it too easy for people to get healed. And I always say, no, you're wrong. I didn't make it easy. God did. I didn't put it on a gift basis. He did. He did. Salvation is a gift. Healing is a gift. Come and receive your gift. You're listening to Rhema for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagen. Today we continue the series, Keys to Successful Living by Kenneth E. Hagen. Stay tuned as we listen to this powerful, timeless teaching. Right now, here's Kenneth E. Hagen's classic message. Ephesians 5.27 That he might present it. Notice who's going to do it. You're going to present yourself? No. You're going to get there by your own self-efforts and good works? No. No, thank God the Bible teaches right living and good conduct. Thank God for that. But that will never present you complete in Christ. Are you listening? That he might present it, that is the church, to himself. A glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Now, in the mind of most people, this is after death, but it's not true. We are presented without spot or wrinkle now. Or somebody said, we're going to get there eventually where we won't have any spots or we won't have any wrinkles. No, he has presented us to the Father. He did it. It's what he did, not what you did. Are you listening? What can wash away our sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make us whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Glory to God. His blood has cleansed you from all sin. Are you listening? Well, I know if I'll promise I'll do better, he'll forgive me. No, he won't. I said, no, he won't. He never heard a prayer like that. I said, he never heard a prayer like that. You can't bargain with God. No, you just come with nothing in your hand, but to his cross you cling. Praise God. Nothing in my hand I bring. Amen. You know what I found out? And it makes saints mad. (laughs) Just sing during a healing service, just as I am without one plea, and have people, backsliders, and folks that weren't living right, come and throw themselves over on the mercy of God and he forgave them and healed them. Amen. Amen. Just get healed right and left and then some of the old saints come just a griping and a complaining. I wish you'd tell me something. Now I'm a member of this church, you know, and I've lived right all of these years. You know what they call right. Bless their hearts. Why won't he heal me? If you'd come the same way they did, he would. Amen. No, he's the one that does it. He's the one that does it. Now somebody said, do you think that any believer filled with sin, as the terms used, you know, could be in Christ and stand before him without spot or wrinkle? Now listen real carefully. If he, I'm talking about Jesus now, if he can't, cannot take the sin nature out of us when we are born again, If the merits of his blood does not reach this and wipe it out, then man can never be made right with God. Are you listening? 
No, thank God. You see, our text said, He is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Can you say amen? amen? No, no, it's not when we die it happens because Satan's the author of death, it's now. I declare before the angels in heaven, I declare before the demons and all the host of hell that the redemptive work of God needs no help from Satan to make us complete in his presence. I believe that what the scripture says about us is absolutely true. That God himself is now our very own righteousness and that we are the righteousness of God in him. Take your place. I said take your place. Now listen in conclusion. Turn back with me for just a minute. Let me show you something to 1 Corinthians for just a moment. Let me show you something the Lord many years ago helped me with. Paul is writing to the saints, the church at Corinth. Well, what applies to the church at Corinth applies to the church today. Praise God, you and me. Paul said, and I, brethren, this is the third chapter of 1 Corinthians, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, as unto babes in Christ. I fed you with milk, not with meat, for hitherto you're not able to hear it or bear it, neither yet now are you able, for you're yet carnal, one translation said fleshly, or one translation said body rule, body still ruling you. For whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions, are you not carnal and walk as men? For while one saith, I'm of Paul, and another I'm of Apollos, are you not carnal? Who then is Paul and who is Apollos but ministers by whom ye believed even as the Lord gave to every man? I have planted, Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. So neither is he that planteth anything, neither he that watereth, but God that giveth the increase. Now, I want you to notice that he goes on talking about this along this line and down to the end of the chapter. Notice something that he said. Therefore, 21st, 22nd, 23rd verse. Therefore let no man glory in men for all things are yours. Now I want to stop right there before I finish. To these Corinthians who were unsanctified from the natural standpoint, though Jesus was made unto them sanctification, who were body ruled, a lot of us wouldn't even think they're saved. Notice what he said. All things are yours. He didn't take any way from a thing away from him. He told him what belonged to him. He said he didn't take anything away from him. He told him what belonged to him. He said all things are yours. Well now what things? All things are yours. Just go on reading. Whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death are things present? Are things to come? A few of them's yours? No. All are yours. And ye are Christ. And Christ is God's. 
Oh, glory to God. Did you get that? I was preaching in the month of March, the latter part of February and the first part of March. Uh, down the, the last two weeks of February and the first week of March, I guess. Down in Alabama in the year of 1950. And uh, I was praying one day in, uh, the, in my room, the house where I was staying. It's a small church in a small town. I stayed in the home of some of the people. And I prayed about three hours. I got, I got lost in the spirit. I, I call it getting lost in the spirit for a lack of a better word. Uh, what, what I mean is you get over in the realm of the spirit and time flies. You think, well, I've been praying 15 minutes. Don't open your eyes and look at your clock. You've been praying three hours. But in that prayer that day, I'll never will forget it, God took me through these first three chapters of 1 Corinthians in the Spirit and changed my life and changed my ministry. The Lord said to me, if that had been you writing to that Corinthian bunch, you would have said, you bunch of backslidden buzzers need to pray to and get right with God. <laughs> you knew up to then that's what I would have said. Huh? But did you notice he said Paul didn't say that? He said all things are yours. It still belong to him. He said don't. The Lord said to me in the spirit that day in that three hours of uh, just lost in the spirit. He said don't take anything away from anybody. Give them something. Put something in them. Amen. You see Paul didn't take anything away from them. I mean, even before, he, even before he began to talk about where they were in the spiritual life and was carnal, if you look at the first chapter, he bragged on them. Said, you come behind in no good gift. Then he began to correct them. And then he wound up again by telling them, all things are yours and yours is Christ. And you're Christ and Christ is God. Tell them what belongs to them, the Lord said to me, and they'll rise to that level. Even from the Nazis, the Lord used an illustration with me in fact, when he first said it to me, I, I didn't know what I was talking about until he refreshed my memory. The Lord said to me, you remember Tuffy? I mean, when I was lost in the spirit there, that three hours, I said, Tuffy? Yeah, the Lord said, you remember J.W.? And he called his last name. And I said, oh, yeah, 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 I remember him. Now, in grade school, he was uh, in the fifth grade, and he should have been in the eighth grade. So he's three years behind. And he made, those days they graded us A, B, C, D. And they graded us, you know, A, B, C, D. He made a straight D report card. And this is the third year he's been in the fifth grade. He made a straight D report card. Mr. McCaslin would paddle him from one to three times every day. I mean, I mean, you know, he'd go come call him out, you know, and you knew directly you'd hear the licks at the office, you know. Now, now, J.W., that was his name. J.W. had an initial name. Didn't stand for anything. That was his name. His mother had died when he was just a little fella. And his daddy was an engineer on the old inner urban. Used to run from, uh, from Denison, Texas to Corsicana, Texas. It came through McKinney. And so he is left alone and, you know, run up down the back alley and got into trouble. And there, you see, he should be in the eighth grade. Now, we didn't start school in our day till we were seven years old, you see. So he's up 15 years old still in the fifth grade. You know, three years older than the rest of us. And, and, and so my, my grandfather was caretaker here of this building. And, and I heard Mr. McCaston say to him, Mr. Drake, what are we going to do at JW? Because I, I helped him, you see, after I got out of school. And, and I heard Mr. McCaston, the principal, say, uh, Mr. Drake, what are we going to do at JW? He said, Judge Abernathy has called me. They already had him on probation. And they're going to send him to the farm school. 
and, and, and just had mercy on him because he's, you know, he didn't have a mother. And, and, and so I heard my grandfather say to him, Mr. Mack, uh, if you do what I tell you to do, uh, he won't go to the farm school. Ask Judge Abnether to give us 30 more days. If you do what I tell you to do, he'll never go to the farm school. We'll make a good, worthwhile citizen out of him. Well, Mr. McCaston said, Mr. Drake, I asked you because I noticed at recess time, at noon time, he don't play anymore. He always comes and hangs around you. Grandpa said, do you know why he hangs around me? Mr. Mack said, no, that's the reason I came to you yesterday. He said, I'm the only one that ever puts anything in him. Everybody else takes everything out of him. Everybody else tells you you'll never mount anything. You're going to the farm school. I tell him, J.W., you're fine. You're going to make it. You can make it. You're listening to Rama for Today with Ken and Lynette Hagan. Call now to get this month's special offer, the DVD, Just Know God by Kenneth E. Hagan. The paperback book, Don't Quit, Your Faith Will See You Through by Ken Hagan, plus the CD, Using Stumbling Blocks as Stepping Stones by Lynette Hagan. All three of these resources are offered for the low price of $24.95. Call today. Call 1-888-FAITH-99. That's 1-888-FAITH-99. Or if you prefer, write Kenneth Hagen Ministries. Our address is P.O. Box 50126, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 74150. Don't forget, for faster service, order online at rhema.org. That's R-H-E-M-A dot O-R-G. Now, let's join Ken and Lynette Hagen. And don't forget, we are at Oklahoma City Rainbow Bible Church, Oklahoma City. That's on Sunday nights at 6 p.m. We are there live. And we just say experience Sunday morning on Sunday night. Enjoy your weekend. You know, they started Saturday night services so people could be off on Sunday. Uh I said enjoy the weekend and then come on Sunday night. And enjoy Sunday morning on Sunday night. It's a great experience. You need to come be there. Join us next week as we begin a new teaching series by Ken Hagen entitled, How to Be an Overcomer. That's next week, right here on Rama for Today Radio with Ken and Lynette Hagen.